0: How are you doing this morning, good, good. I'm feeling really good about today, so we're going to enter into a time of worship and praise. So if you want to stand, and um, I just want to say, um, who knows what the word hallelujah means? Yeah, no, I'm the only one that knows. <coughs> who knows what hallelujah means? Yep. Hallelujah. All right, it means praise God, right? And so throughout the songs um, a very clear theme is hallelujah so um, let's just praise God with everything we have today and let's have fun because God loves it when we have fun so yeah let's get into it
1: me straight. Nothing is impossible through You. Mind, eyes are open. Strongholds are broken. I am living by faith. Nothing is impossible. oh. oh, oh. oh, oh.
2: neighbour a high five as you take a seat. Great to see you this morning, give you a very warm welcome. Wonderful to have you with us. And if this is your first or second time at Activate, a special welcome to you. And as you leave the auditorium this morning, as you go into the foyer on the right hand side, there you'll find a visitor's area where you can help yourself to a white pack of details about the church. And also it's an opportunity where you can leave your details so we can be in contact with you. But Church, can we put our hands together to welcome our visitors this morning? Fantastic. Well, who's had a birthday or a wedding anniversary over the last week? Oh, here's Molly, that's great. If you want to join with me. Oh, well, Mary Ann, fantastic. Carolyn? Isn't this awesome? Birthdays, wedding anniversaries? Wow, how many years, guys? Three, congratulations. Hi, Miriam. Birthday? 21? Okay, we'll go with 21. Pete, your, your birthday as well? 31? We go with that, 31, that's very, very good. Well, wow, three on the same day, isn't it? Incredible. Another anniversary here. How many years for you guys? Fifteen! Congratulations. So everybody's got their chocolate bar. Well, church, why don't we jump to our feet and uh, let's declare this prayer of blessing over them. So here we go. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity, purpose and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Fantastic, congratulations. Yes, let's give them a big hand. Awesome. Isn't it great to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries? My word, that was a responsive group there, wasn't it? Isn't it good to celebrate? Yeah, that's good. That's really, really good. Okay, a couple of highlights for you ladies. Last day to register for Girls Day Out. Isn't that going to be an awesome time? So, if you're 13 to 130, this is a place for you to be. It's going to be a wonderful time. Next weekend, we're going to have Pastor uh, Esther Greenwood with us with Girls Day Out, of course, and on all gatherings during the Sunday. So, I really encourage you to come, invite friends and family. We're going to have a wonderful time. So, it's going to be very, very cool. And also, we're going to be running a missions video, so I want to prepare you for that. But before we do that, it's my pleasure to invite Craig and Desna and baby Ariel. We're going to have a baby dedication. And so if Craig and Desna's families and friends would like to come, that would be very, very cool. Isn't this a special moment? Doesn't she look beautiful? Wow. She's stunning. Man. So come on up, family, friends. Yeah. Awesome. Aren't these precious times in church family? Baby dedications and... Wow. Awesome. Well, I know Desna and her dad would like to share a few words, so uh, I'll hand the mic over to you.
3: Hi, um, I'm Desna. For those of you that don't know me, and this is baby Ariel, just in case that wasn't obvious, um, I just really wanted to quickly say a few words about God's providence. Um, baby Ariel's story is actually quite incredible. Um, basically, I'd been told. When I was really young that I wasn't going to be able to have children because I had really bad endometriosis and all this sort of stuff and basically the gynaecologist all said when you start having trying for a baby wait for six months and then get referred to fertility treatment because you're going to need it Um, and Craig and I had discussed this quite a lot and we decided actually this is okay we Craig was happy to marry me yay despite possibly not having kids Um, and then Two Novembers ago, I was going in to sit my GP exams, and I was studying hard for them. And I was looking for a job for the following year, which is what you kind of have to do. And I was so sure that God had this huge plan ahead of me. I was going to go into a GP practice, be like the regular GP there um, for years. This is going to be my place. Couldn't find a job. Couldn't find a single job. The only job that turned up was one that was contracted till the end of January this year. And I said. God, that doesn't sound like what you want. Okay, I won't accept the job. I'll just keep looking. And exams are around the corner and I really don't have time. So please, please just have something turn up now. Again, these people came back to me and they said, no, we really want you, but it is only a one-year contract, but we could extend it if you need to. I said, oh God, is this really what you want? And then I had this really deep sensation of God saying, well, what makes you think this isn't what I want? And furthermore, I have a plan for you and you are going to have a baby in January. And I went, okay, so try for six months, uh, fertility treatment, baby in January, the numbers don't add up, God, you've got this wrong. It's November already, I should have started like a few months ago. And it was like, no, no, this is what's gonna happen. I spoke to Craig and I said, look, Craig, I don't know, I feel like God's telling me to take this job because at the end of it, We're going to have a baby and we're not going to need the contract anymore. And and Craig said, well, actually, I'm kind of feeling the same way too. I went, wow, okay, we can't both be wrong, right? (laughs) So then the next question was, do we start trying before exams or after exams? Because clearly that's going to push the timeline out further in my mind, you know, like Sarah and Abraham's story. How are we going to fix this problem? And Craig said, no, I don't think that's what God wants you to do. God wants you to do your exams, do them really well. And then we're going to start trying. And if God wants this baby to come, God will make it happen. So I did my exams and actually did really well because we weren't trying to have a child and I wasn't pregnant. Um, And we started trying in January and April, bang on, guess what, we're pregnant. Guess what, nine months after that, 8th of January, what do you know? Perfect timing. So I just, just wanna say, you know, like God has it in hand. God knows what he's doing. And when he puts something in your heart, actually maybe just follow you know and like Sarah we could have done all sorts of things and you know I could have tried early I could have failed my exams I could have done so many things in this kind of trying to do it my own way but actually if you just step back and let God you know maybe he does have it all in hand and we have a baby and she's beautiful
2: isn't that awesome it's wonderful
4: And Desna's dad's going to share a few words, and lovely to have you with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, For those of you who don't know, my name is Joe, and my wife Amita, and my wonderful daughters, Desna and Dilshani, and now we have two sons, one by the name of Craig and one by the name of Richard, and they are all God's work. Thank you, Lord, for that. I'm going to be short and sweet, just like me. Uh, (laughs) Just a few words, right? I'm going to tell you something which I have seen, not heard, not somebody told me what I have seen. First thing is this, the love. The love between Desna and Craig is wonderful. So I know that this child Ariel is going to be one who is loving. And when you have love in your heart, that's where it goes to the Lord. Lord says, love, love, love. And that's it. We have it. So they have love. They are dedicated to each other. That I know. And the child will be dedicated, looking, watching what their parents are doing. And they will be dedicating their lives to the Lord. And therefore, we are here, standing here. Of course, maybe we didn't ask her to be dedicated, but we know that if she, she will say yes I want to be dedicated to the Lord and into his arms so that I can grow strong just like each and every one of us and all these wonderful children here you you are all God's blessings you are a gift from God we want to thank God for that Thank you, Lord. And thank you, everybody here for being here on this wonderful occasion. We came all the way from Auckland. We came last night because we do not want to miss this opportunity of seeing the baby being dedicated. Thank you, thank you, and thank you all. Fantastic. Great. Well, the
2: good news this morning is God loves family. Isn't that great? God loves family, and He loves your family and uh, this morning we draw our attention particularly to your family and baby Ariel. The name baby or Ariel comes is the feminine form of the Hebrew word lion of God. Isn't that an awesome name? Here is a little lion, a lioness. Wow, amazing. And uh, Ariel's name is Joy Pali and joy of course means to rejoice and be joyful in the Lord. And the, the The scriptural basis for dedication is very well established throughout Scripture. Hannah brings her son, and of course Mary and Joseph bring their son Jesus to the Lord to be dedicated. And likewise, Craig and Desna today are bringing baby Ariel before the Lord to be dedicated. And so I want to share a Scripture with you, a very well-known Scripture from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're going home at home and when you're on the road. And when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates. Isn't that awesome? This wonderful responsibility of parenthood. And so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. And then I'm hopefully Ariel will come to me and she won't cry. And we'll pray. And that will be really good. And I'm going to ask Pastor Jan to join me as also. And that would be really good. So Craig and Desna. Today, as we stand here in this wonderful place, do you desire and commit your lives to dedicate Ariel to the Lord? great. Do you earnestly desire through seeking the Holy Spirit's help and His grace to bring Aria up in the nurture and the counsel of the Lord? Will you model your home in your words and your actions so that Aria will be nurtured in an environment of Christ-like example? Wow. Isn't that awesome? That's fantastic. Okay, we're going to try past the parcel, past the baby. Isn't she gorgeous? I think I might take her home. <laughs> what about that, eh, Ariel? Had two grandsons in bed this morning, but this would be lovely. <laughs> oh, her grandmother made the dress. Wow. Isn't that lovely? So church, let's pray. Father, we thank you for baby Ariel. Lord, a precious, precious gift from you. And Father, we hold her before you. Lord, we commit her and dedicate her to you, Lord Jesus. May your grace and your favor rest upon her. May she be, as her name, a lioness of God, filled with the joy of the Lord. Father, may you propel her as one that would be bold and courageous, would serve you and follow her all the days of her life. May she bring great joy to her parents and to her family. May she be such a blessing in the church and the community where she serves. And so, Father, watch over her and protect her. May you shelter her and protect her always in Jesus' name. And, Father, we pray for Craig and Desner and their family. May your blessing and peace be upon them. May your smile and grace and favour be with them now and forevermore. May they find the walk. walk with you, one that is filled with grace and power, that is not difficult, but easy with you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Wow. How's that? No tears. I'm pretty impressed with that. Normally it doesn't go so well. (laughs) And we're delighted to present the certificate to you. Congratulations. Fantastic. Church, can we put our hands together and congratulate the family? Isn't that awesome? Thank you, guys. Wonderful. Beautiful. Great. Yep. Excellent. Isn't that so cool? Very, very cool. Do you know, I just feel to say, too, if you have children that weren't dedicated to the Lord as babies. That doesn't mean they can't be dedicated as young children. If that's something you'd like to do, then feel free to approach Pastor Sheridan, Jen and myself, and we'd be, love to be part of that with you and your family. So that's very, very cool. Well, I'm going to ask Joan to run the missions video and then we're going to stand and continue in our worship. Thank you, Joan. Isn't that cool, great, and I know Kay would love to hear from you, and uh, so you follow her on Facebook, that would be great. Well, kids, you've been so patient, thank you for that. Have an awesome time in kids' church and great this morning, and enjoy it's very good. <clears throat> I'm going to invite Tash to come uh, as we prepare ourselves for worship. Tash received a prophetic word. And I think it's very uh, timely for us. So thank you, Tash. And then we will stand and worship God.
5: For some reason, it's more nerve-wracking standing up here than it was down there. It's just higher. Um, Right, so... For well, those people that were here 42 weeks ago, um, which is the, if you're a little bit late, which for me, I don't like that, but if you're a little bit late in pregnancy, that's about the gestation of a human baby. Um, I got a word from God about waking up. Well, yesterday, exactly 42 weeks later, I got a word from God about rising up. And I reminded me earlier that Rising up is a military term. It means when the soldiers stand up and unite together to come forward in battle. So this is the word that God gave me yesterday. Rise up and fight. The Lord of all creation is calling to you. He is beseeching you to join the battle. He is ready to equip you. He is all you need. He is all you need. But first you must step forward. You must join his army and you must rise up and fight. This fight is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of the devil. A war is raging all around you. It has been raging for years, and it is coming to a head. Choose this day whom you will serve. Be either hot or cold. You cannot have a foot in both camps to see which is better. The battle lines have been drawn. Rise up. Take up the full armour of God and fight. At this time, many will fall away because of what what God is doing. Stand firm, be planted in the word, and do not be swayed. Rise up and fight. God is going before you. He is clearing a path. He is in control. He will do this with or without you, but because He loves you so much, more than words can express, He is asking you to join Him in this mission, to be a game changer, to be a history maker. Rise up and fight the good fight. Step out with the sandals of peace and wield the sword of the Spirit like the warrior God has called you to be. Guard yourself with faith and salvation, girded with truth and righteousness, and stand up and fight. Speak to mountains and they will move. Speak to the towers of adversity and watch them crumble. Rise up and fight. Fight with prayer on your lips and the Word of God engraved in your heart. Fight.
3: Wow, that was really cool, Tash. Um, This next song talks about surrendering our lives to God and kind of in line with what Tash said as well and in line with what we were doing this morning you know surrendering your baby to God is quite a big step but surrendering your whole life standing up and fighting you know taking that step that's that's what it's about that's what we need to do so one of you guys all stand sit do whatever you feel is right for you come into the center if you want to there's a lot of space here But just spend some time with God, surrendering your life to
1: God.
0: often with our um upbringing in the church where you've been talked about you know um you know taking up your cross and following God it's almost like giving, giving up worldly possessions and you know that sacrifice of like of you know giving up the things you don't actually want to give up but I really feel like God's saying to us that when he when we're singing I surrender all it's about surrendering those negative things in our life like the um um, you know, like disappointment or um, or unbelief or it is, it's that spiritual stuff that, that he's wanting us to surrender. And it's like Jesus is there saying to us, like, that's mine to carry. It's like, you know, when that yoke is too hard to bear, it's actually his to carry. So um, if we can keep singing that I surrender all, then it's just like, you're surrendering that stuff, like that baggage that we all carry around. It's like, let's surrender that to Jesus. It's His to bear, it's not ours to carry.
6: declarations of faith and praise you, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the living God. This morning, we command our souls to sing. We command our souls to lift you up, to praise you, to bring glory. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace and your kindness and your mercy, your favour. What an honour it is to stand and to recognise your majesty. Stand in your presence together, recognising the King. We honour you this morning. We thank you. We praise you. a couple of people around you as you take your seat. Tell them God is good. God is good. Well, I think it's been an amazing couple of weeks. And um, I, I think there's a little bit of a shift in season with God. And I really sense an invitation from him to participate with him I mean that invitation's always there but it's just kind of stepped to another level and um, I'm pretty excited about that personally I've just had the craziest week with Patrick who was here last week the Irishman I don't think I've laughed so hard for a long long time and um, I won the running I won the running I won the first race he cheated on the second race we were running around Hagley Park in Christchurch in the third race, and I felt him. I just felt him slow. I thought this is my moment, so I took off. I just took off 200 metres too soon. I thought I was going to vomit I'm like this, and finish line still down the way. Anyway, I beat him. It was a good day. He was so he was so gracious in defeat, but he wasn't really. It was just like he was beat. He was beat. It was good. But you know, I mean, he's got a significant a significant grace on his life. I've never I've never met anyone who has the ability, uh, the, the, the grace on their life, like Patrick, to, to just open a conversation about the gospel in any situation, any circumstance. Now, I, I believe in taking every opportunity I can, wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. But he made me feel so slow and so backwards it wasn't funny. And um, any opportunity, you know, he, you just sit down and he goes, Hi, I'm Patrick the waiter waitress whoever it is person behind the counter serving him i'm patrick do you go to church <laughs> if they said yes he said great if they said no you'd go why not in his irish in your face way but you know we had a great time we were in papakura and um we walked into a uh, we had we had chinese noodle soup for dinner and we walked into the restaurant and there's this young guy behind the counter and patrick just looks at me and goes he's a bong hen I thought, oh, whatever. And uh, oh, I'm an introvert by nature. So I often live within, you know, the container. But Patrick's just out there. He didn't miss a trick. And um, anyway, we're talking to this young guy. We strike up conversation with him at, uh, behind the counter while he's serving us. And, and Patrick just looks at him and goes, you smoke drugs, <laughs> bro? He goes, yeah, every night. He goes, why do you do that? Just Why do you do that? He goes, oh, and tells a bit of his story. He goes, you go to church? Oh, no, nah, but do you believe in, in, in Jesus? No, but I believe in the universe. Anyway, we got talking to the guy, and we're still behind the counter. There's a bit of a queue forming behind us. And, and, um, and, and so, and can we pray for you? He goes, oh, no, nah, no. Nah. He's quite resistant. No, uh, boss will kill me. I've just got to keep going. On your way. And so we go and sit down. We're eating our noodle soup. And this guy keeps wandering over to our table for no reason. We've got everything we need. He goes, can I get you anything else? So this is a cheap establishment. I wasn't expecting service. You know. <laughs> He's coming across going, do you, is there anything else I can do for you? Is there anything else I can get you? And that, No, no, we're, we're fine, mate. Thanks. It's all good. And then at the end, we're just talking to him again for a couple of minutes. And Patrick says, can we pray for you? And this time he says, yeah, I'd love you to pray for me. So I said to him, I said, you just keep wiping that table so the boss thinks you're working. You know, I don't want to get you in trouble. You keep wiping that table. He just goes, oh, stuff it. Pray for me and just stands there in the middle of the restaurant. <laughs> so we prayed for this guy. It was great. Then after the meeting, we went to, um, we went to Carl's Jr. because every other kitchen in, in South Auckland had closed. And, um, and uh, you know, by now I am tired. I am living in my introverted... I didn't even see anyone else in the restaurant. And, and we're sitting down drinking our drink, and, and Patrick suddenly goes, he goes, there's three guys behind you. I said, what three guys? <laughs> he goes, well, there's only two now. The hostile ones left. I mean, he's just onto it. He's got his antennas out all of the time. I said, oh, yeah. He said, should we talk to him? I said, yeah, cool, let's do it. So he just calls out, hey, boys, do you go to church? There's two island boys. <laughs> one, goes, one goes, oh, used to. The other one goes, oh, occasionally. Next thing we're sitting over them, they're recommitting their lives to Christ. <laughs> so cool, so cool. But boy, it's challenged me to my core. I've just got to speed things up a little bit. I don't know about you, but it's such an easy, do you go to church? That's a good opening question, isn't it? You go to church. What do they say? No. Tell you to go away. Anyway, last week there was a lot of prophetic. And uh, what I thought I'd do just for a couple of moments as we start today, is I thought I'd just talk about what you do when you receive a prophetic word. Uh, for a couple of moments, because the way you handle it's really important. And um, Patrick's style uh, is probably more direct in his prophecy than a lot of people that we would normally have through. And on a couple of occasions, I thought, whew, he was a bit harsh there. Um, but there's, there's good reasons for those things often. And um, so what is prophecy? That's the first question that we need to answer, just quickly. What is prophecy? I'll tell you the answer. Prophecy is a divine invitation to participate with God or to partner with God. That's what prophecy is. It's a divine invitation to partner with God. And um, so, so the question follows on, well, if he's prophesied it, does that mean it will happen? Not necessarily. That's up to you. If he's prophesied, if someone's prophesied over your life, does that now mean it'll happen? Because God's brought... It doesn't mean it'll happen unless you choose to partner with God. Because if God's saying to you go left and you go right, of course it's not going to happen. When Jan and I were fairly newly married, we were in a meeting much like this, and there was a guest speaker and he stood us up and he, he prophesied over me that my future would be um, leading church. To which Jan said, he's got the wrong wife, out loud, publicly, <laughs> and um, anyway, she's been proved wrong, <laughs> she's a perfect wife, and um, so, so we, I already knew that that was where my future was heading, I just had this sense inside, I couldn't, I wouldn't have um, said anything to him. I didn't even say anything to Jan before we married, It um, was a bit rough, yeah. but um, <laughs> she, she was tucked, but, but um, I just knew that what he was saying, there was a sense and it was right. But, but, you know, we had the choice at that point. We could either partner with the invitation God was giving us or we could walk a different way. It was quite simple. And so we prayed about it. It's key, when someone prophesies over you, pray about it. Does it line up with Scripture? What's been prophesied? Does it line up with the Scripture or is it opposed to what Scripture is saying? Weigh it with Scripture. And talk to wise people that are around you. Get some wise counsel. And so Jan and I decided that you no, know, you know, along with a bit of help, this this was where God was leading us. So what we did is we decided we would go to Bible college. And so we decided to steer our life in that direction. Now, if it's prophesied over you last weekend, for example, that you're going to be a missionary, don't go out and buy air tickets for Timbuktu this week. Don't do it. It's just not clever. Get some wise counsel. Put a process in place. God will open every door that needs to be opened for you to walk through if you're facing in the right direction. You'll walk through them. A couple of the words I heard last week, I thought, whoa, um, that was a little bit harsh, as they, as they were spoken. But, you know, sometimes God will say something and he'll use his prophet to say something in such a way that it will grab your attention. If it was said very pleasantly, you'd just dismiss it. But sometimes he's just like... I'm wanting your attention. Again, that's an invite to partner with God. It's an invite to explore with God what he's saying and where he's taking you. And I encourage you just to work through. One that I thought, I heard and I went, ooh, that was a little bit hard. I I rang the person and they they processed it and took it really well. I was really proud of them. It was really good. So just, um, you know, go on the journey with God. Don't box him in. Go on the journey with God. Get some counsel around that if you need it. And... um, Who knows where he will take you? Well, today, I've labelled my message the invitation. The invitation. I want to ask you a question to start. What is the last invitation you received? The last invitation that you received. Might have been a wedding invitation, baby shower, birthday party, I don't know. Could have been anything. How did you respond to the invitation? What do you do with it? I think there's three standard ways that society responds to invitations at the moment. None of them are particularly good. But there's three ways that that, that the bulk of people, and I'm not going to eyeball anyone when I'm talking about this because I'm probably talking to all of you. So number one way is, we just put off responding to the last minute because a better option might come along. You know what I'm talking about. Come on. A better option may present itself. So we're not going to commit ourselves to the very last moment. The second way would be that we reply to the RSVP quickly, but then we don't show up because something better did come along. Or the third way would be that we don't reply at all and then nothing better came up so we turn up. Yeah? Yeah, you're quiet. You all know I'm talking to you, eh? Yeah, yeah, we know, of course we do. None of them are, none of them are the right way to respond to an invitation but it seems to be the way that society responds to invitations at present. If it's you, cut it out, do it properly. The Bible talks about an invitation in Luke chapter 14 and it starts at verse 15. So if you want to turn to your Bibles, I'm reading from the NLT translation version. It goes like this Luke chapter 14, verse 15. Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I'm trying them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I now have a wife, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious, and he said, Go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported there's still more room. So the master said, Go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will even get the smallest taste of my banquet. I've got a real sense that in God there is a season and we're just in it, we're entering it, we're right here where it's about accepting his invitation. His invitation is, Salvation, obviously, because the invitation is also a purpose life, a kingdom focused life. And I think and I feel in my spirit that we're in the season of invitation, and what we do with it really is up to you. Let's have a look at the scripture a little bit closer. Jesus replied with this story He said, A man prepared a great feast. And sent out many invitations. The culture of the day was an RSVP culture. In the culture of the day. It was an RSVP culture. So he sent out the invitations. The people, it doesn't say it, but because of the culture of the day, you can join it together very quickly, the people would have responded. It goes on to say he made the banquet and then he went on to get the guests or send out for the guests. So the the people had already responded to the invitation. They had already RSVP'd. They'd said, yes, we'll come. Yes, we'll be at the banquet. Thank you for the invitation. Love to be there. We'll come. Put it into today's context. I think the invitation is an invitation of salvation. In other words, it's an invitation to connect with Jesus. It's an invitation to journey with God. It's an invitation to do life with our Creator. And it's an invitation to live a purposed or a kingdom-focused life. That's what the invitation is. carries on, and it says, When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. I notice in here that there's a gap. There's a gap. The invitation is issued. The RSVPs come in. He gets the banquet ready. Then the, the uh, servant is sent out to bring the guests who have RSVP'd in to the banquet, it's like the gospel message is sent out. We respond to the gospel message. We give our lives to Jesus. We're connected with our creator. We come into relationship with him, it's the RSVP, and then he sends out his servant and says it's time to Come. To the events, time to come to the banquet. As I look in the scripture, I read that as it's time to live a discipled life, a life of a disciple. It's time to live a kingdom focused life. It's time to live a purposed life. But they all began to make excuses. They all began to make excuses. Now, excuses, there's always a reason under an excuse, isn't there? I mean, Again, I won't look at anyone, but how many of us have responded to an event? Sorry, Tyra, I didn't mean to look at you. Uh, How many of us have responded to an event, and then the day comes and we go, I just don't want to go. So out come the excuses. The excuses are only a cover over the fact that I don't want to go. Is that right? So what's driving the excuses? It could be a lack of gratitude. It could be laziness. It could be selfishness, it could be pride, it could be unwillingness, it could be a lack of purpose, it could be a lack of desire, or it could be that our values are changed and we don't want to go. But they all began making excuses. One said, I just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. That is a weak excuse. Who buys a field without looking at it? First, nobody. Jan and I are considering a change of address at present. Well, I'm not going to buy any house that I haven't looked at. That would be dumb. It would be beyond stupid just to go. And then I go, oh, no, no, I've bought this house. I've got to look at it now. I can't come. Ridiculous. The next excuse is, I've just bought five pairs of oxen. Well, in the the, the culture of the day, no one would buy oxen without first going for a test plough. To try them out. To see that's like me saying I'm going to buy a business today. And I just look down the road and I go, I like the sign on that one. We'll take it. Thank you. No due diligence whatsoever. It's ridiculous. Who would do that? No one in their eye. It's just a stupid excuse. And then the worst excuse of all comes. The next one. I've got a wife now. I've got a wife now. I can't come. The context of that excuse was in the day when... Uh, People got married. The husband was excused from long-distance military duties in order probably to start a family. But he was excused from long-distance military duties for one year. That was the context. This is a local event. It's a local community event that they're talking about, a local banquet that he's been invited to, and he goes, I've got a wife. I can't come now. I don't know how many times I've heard that in church life. I've just got married. I need a year off. Yeah, sure. Start start the way you intend to carry on. Start the way you're going to go. Unless you're going to long-term, long-distance military duties. Don't try it on me. It's not going to wash. So it's a, a, just a ridiculous excuse. None of these excuses had any substance to them. What they were saying was either I'm ungrateful, I'm lazy, I just don't want to be there, or my values are changed. That's what... They were saying, in essence, my father-in-law has, over the years has ingrained this saying in me, desire is king. In other words, you do what you want to do. You, do want, you make all the excuses you want, but you will do what you want to do. Take responsibility for that. So I've written in my notes here that all these were rubbish excuses. I want to focus in just for a little bit on the invitation. Because The story that Jesus told is the context of speaking to Pharisees. He's sitting around a table. He's most likely speaking to the Pharisees here. And and, and so our context is different, but the invitation is the same. We get an invitation from the king. Actually, we've got an invitation to a banquet. And Revelations 19 says, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast or the wedding banquet of the Lamb. So the question, the invitation is the same because that invitation has been issued to all of us. Every single human on the planet. That invitation is issued. So you've had an invitation issued to you. The invitation looks like a cross. That's what it looks like. It looks like an empty cross because Jesus hung on that cross. He paid the price for all of our wrongdoing. He mended the the gap. He repaired the situation between humans and God. So that when we say yes to the invitation, when we say yes to Jesus, when we send the RSVP, we come into relationship with him. He has given that invitation to every person on the planet. I want you to walk with me. I want you to do life with me. I want you connected with me. I'm your creator. His greatest desire is that we journey with him. That's the invitation. I wonder if every person in here this morning has rsvp the invitation. Because it's been issued. It's been sent out. He's waiting for your RSVP can I ask you to bow your heads just for a moment because this morning if you haven't if you haven't RSVP'd if you haven't responded to the invitation of God, this is a great moment to do that it's a great moment, in just a moment I'm going to give you the opportunity to lift your hand and you're not lifting it to me, you're lifting it to Jesus, it's his invitation, not mine but if you cannot say this morning with absolute assurance that you are walking with your Creator, that you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, I want to invite you now to RSVP, to accept his gift, to accept his sacrifice on the. There is up, friends, there's only one way to live with hope. There is only one way to live with true peace. There is only one way to live with true purpose, and that is in relationship with God, more particularly in relationship with Jesus Christ and he sent you the invitation have you RSVP'd just a second I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if you cannot categorically say that Jesus Christ is your Lord and you would like to step in relationship with him I'm going to ask you to lift your hand and you're lifting it to Jesus and you're saying Jesus I choose you I want to be in relationship with you. You may have never done that before. Maybe the first time you've ever responded to him. Or you may have responded, and for whatever reasons, let's not worry about the reasons, just for whatever reason, you might have stepped back, you might have drifted away. Well, this morning, there's a great opportunity to just hold your hand up again and say, Jesus, again today, I'm choosing to step forward. I know I've made a mess of things, but I'm choosing to step forward again. And if that's you, I encourage you to respond to them. Thank you. So where every head's bowed, can you lift your hand now if that's you? I already see one hand. Just make sure I see your hand. Thank you. Two. Anybody else this morning? I'm only going to wait a couple of seconds, so if you've got a stirring, please be bold. Just make sure I Catch my eye. Fantastic. I've seen two people respond this morning to Jesus. Someone's been watching you, and um, they'll catch up with you later to help you any way they can. that will be wonderful. Church, can we give these two people a big hand? Because that's a bold move. So here's the deal. The invitation was sent. We've RSVP'd. I'm going to assume that every person in this building is RSVP'd. If you haven't and you don't want to, that's all right. That's your call. But I'm going to assume that every person is RSVP'd. That every person is in relationship with Jesus Christ. Then he sends out his messenger and he says, Come. He says the banquet is ready. He says Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're good plans, are not for disaster. They'll give you a future and a hope. Come on this ride. He says in Galatians chapter two. My old life, my old self, has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. In other words. When I responded to the RSVP, I died to my old life. That's why we are known as born again Christians. I died to my old life. I'm a new creature in Christ. When I was baptised, that's why we go under the water. I died to my old life. I come up a new creature in Christ. New. Romans 12.1 says, And so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Ephesians 2.10, for we're all masterpieces, God's masterpieces. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the great things or the good things He planned for us long ago. The invitation came. The RSVP. Now the servant's coming and saying, come on, come to the banquet. The banquet looks like a purpose life. The banquet looks like a kingdom-focused life. The banquet is a life of discipleship. Maybe we'd say the banquet looks like wherever, whenever, we'll be like Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.20 We are ambassadors of Christ. 24-7. We are ambassadors of Christ. So he's given the invitation. We sent in the RSVP. He sent out the servant to say, come in, live this way. Go on this journey. What's your excuse? What's your excuse? Why are you holding back? What's stopping you giving Jesus everything? What's stopping you stepping into the life that He's called you to live? What's stopping the life that He's asking? He says, "Come on, I've sent out, I've sent out the servant. Come on, what's your excuse? Oh, I'm trying to get ahead at the moment. You know, I'm struggling. I'm trying to get ahead. Just, just let me get a, get ahead a bit, and I'll reconsider things, Lord. Rubbish excuse. Oh, my career." My career, it's all about my career at the moment. But you accepted the RSVP, I'm the invitation. You RSVP'd. Oh, yeah, but my career, my career. You accepted the invitation, you RSVP'd. Oh, but I've just got married. I've got a wife, but that makes a difference. I've got a wife, or I've got a husband. What's your excuse? Because I feel in my spirit a divine invitation. And on my watch, I don't want His messenger, the Holy Spirit, having to go to the highways and the byways and looking under the hedges and behind the trees to fill the house. Because I believe with all my heart that God wants to bring revival to our country. And I believe with all my heart that he wants to start in the church. But the invitation's been issued, you've sent the RSVP, now what's the excuse? There is no excuse. I, um, I'd love to send you out today, absolutely buoyant, full of joy, and on fire but I actually prepared a completely different message and I got two thirds of the way through and the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, I want you to talk on this. And so I believe this morning he wants to arrest us on this issue of are we going to the banquet or are we not? You've received the invitation. You sent the RSVP. Are you going to the banquet or are you not? Revelation chapter 3 says this. It's toward the end of the letter to Laodicea. It says, I correct. These are the words of Jesus. I correct and I discipline everyone I love. I correct and I discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Look, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. If you hear my voice, open the door. I will come in. And we will share a meal together, another banquet. We will share a meal together. So rather than sending us all out today on a high, I really feel to challenge us to get before God and repent. And actually, if we get before God and we repent and we open our hearts before Him and tell you, we'll go on a high anyway. Can we sing I Surrender All Again? You got the invitation. Yvaris VP. He sent out his messenger saying, Come on, the banquet's ready the banquet's ready, what are you gonna do?
2: us to respond this morning. I just don't want us to sing nice words. I want us to really respond and go, Lord, I've heard your invitation. I've received your invitation. So I'm going to ask Michelle to come and she's received something prophetically and uh let's respond to this.
7: For those of you that God has given prophetic words, it's time to pick those up. Don't you know your your heart is already burning, your stomach is already tuning. It's time for the prophetic word to come again. Just come and as they worship, God will worship and minister to your heart. If you need prayer, come and grab that prayer and let those prophetic words that God has spoken into your heart over the years be ignited again. It's time to pick up the prophetic words that He's put in your heart. It's time to face them and enjoy and partner with Him and enjoy the ride with Him. There's no point being in the car behind. Get in the car in front with Him. Be in His car. Let Him lead you. Let Him guide you because it is the best ride ever. Come and worship. Come and let Him minister to you as you worship. Come and ask for prayer and get people to partner with you, with God.
1: So let's
2: sing again. Let's not hold back. Let's come out and express our worship. Say, yes, Lord, I'm surrender you'd like prayer, we'll stand with you this morning and pray. Thank
1: you.
2: We thank you for this incredible invitation and the opportunity to surrender before you. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the work that you're doing in our lives and in the life of your church. And I pray, Father, that wherever, whenever, we'll be like Jesus. Father, thank you that you're a work amongst us in the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells within us. And Father, may the living power of the resurrection of Jesus fill our lives to overflowing. Lord, as we go into the highways and the byways this week, may we know that Your power and presence is leading and guiding us. Father, I declare Your blessing, Your protection, Your covering over every family and every person represented here today. Father, may we be an influence for the kingdom of God, bringing your goodness for your glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Let's give a hand to Pastor Sheridan. Thank you. Wonderful. If you have a need for prayer, there for healing or any other area, feel free to come forward. We'd love to pray with you. There's further ministry you'd like to receive. We'd love to pray with you. Also, mums and dads, can you remember your children that are in the youth hall? I know Tim and Jim's would be very appreciative of that. And they have a take-home question for you to discuss around lunch and over the week. And thank you for your purpose giving and enabling us as a church to do what we do through for your, for your giving. So God bless. Have an awesome day. And why don't you uh, turn to somebody and say, hey, do you want to come and have lunch with me? Maybe there's somebody that the Lord has prepared for you that you can pray with. God bless. Have an awesome afternoon. i see you this evening, 6 p.m.